Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Woody Kincaid of the Bowerman Track Club. Woody is an incredibly talented and accomplished runner who ran for the University of Portland and is a Colorado native. He's run 1312 for 5K, and he also happens to be a talented and accomplished podcaster in his own right. His podcast, Price of a Mile, is part of the Sidious Mag Network, where he interviews his Bowerman teammates. We recorded this episode in Portland after Portland Track Fest, and it was a great opportunity to hear from Woody and, and learn about his world. Toward the end of the episode, we go off on a bit of a tangent about the podcasting itself, so apologies in advance for the little bit of self-indulgence. It's a fun ride from start to finish, nonetheless, so I hope you enjoy. Feel free to like and subscribe and follow us on social media. Uh, and until next time, this is Run Your Mouth. So, Alrighty, okay, talking. let's do it live. So, alright. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Flower and Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm here with uh, my trusty co-host, basically an Oregon resident at this point, uh, Ben Weingart. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, David, great to be here. I'm doing very well. Enjoying all of what this great state has to offer. Beautiful day, and we are inside, but you know what? It's uh, worth it for the content, so... Our guest this week, uh, guest and, and host, as he's graciously invited us into his apartment and plied us with wine, you can hear the clink on the air, uh, is uh, Bowerman Track Club, University of Portland alum, Woody Kincaid, podcast extraordinaire himself. Of course. Woody, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks uh, for not making me go anywhere. Yeah. I'm just coming to my you house. No, it's always... It's always good to just come to people, but then also you're inviting yourself. Mm. We had, um, I guess, when I was in Philly, and we went over to Martin's house, and he was very gracious about inviting people over. But no, I uh, prefer it this way. Good I'm still in my yeah. PJs. More comfortable in your, your home environment. Indeed. So how's it going? Uh, well, I didn't run Portland track. No. Did you, yes. uh, did you attend Portland track? I did. Uh, it clearly uh, was a rain notwithstanding. It was a fun weekend. Were you there? I've, I raced. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not well, but I raced. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was uh, a great track meet. I don't mind the rain. I think some people were tired of it after like, a good day. But, uh, you know, I was sitting under the awning, so it was fine. Nice. Yeah, I um, have not done a race this season uh, that it has been above 55 degrees. <laughs> So I was hoping for a little more, a little more sun, but uh, <laughs> do, you, do you like the heat? I do actually. Huh? I'm a, I'm my steeple PR was set when it was 85 degrees. So I've typically run better in, in warmer weather. You're shaking your head. I take it you're more of a. No, I like the cold, the bitter cold. Spoken like a true distance runner. Yeah, and a true Colorado uh, true. native. Colorado actually gets really hot in the summer. You have to get your run in before 9 a.m. Oh yeah. Well, I guess. You're so high up. I feel like you get the extremes. It's like, That's right. It um, doesn't. Are you so? Where in Colorado are you from? Uh, Littleton, Colorado. Littleton. The where burbs. is that? It's the suburbs of Denver. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know. There could be other suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> there are other suburbs. Uh, I went to Columbine High School. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of it. Uh, you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. They have a great football team. 
Uh, <laughs> that's a horrible joke. Uh, yeah, I went to Columbine, grew up in the suburbs. It's really um, pretty much what you would expect from me when you're looking at me. Just a Fair suburban enough. kid. Born and raised in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did your parents do? Uh, they were both flight attendants. Flight attendants? Yeah, they met, they met on the plane. So do they... That's a fascinating life to me. So were your parents like traveling a lot when you were a kid? Yeah, my when I was really little, my mom took a hiatus of five years, but then she went back to work, and my mom would be gone for three days, and then my dad would be gone for three days, and then it was back and forth for about five years, five or six years. Wow, that sounds complicated. It wasn't like right. it, it was. It wasn't complicated. It was uh, just normal, you know. Did you fly around a lot as part of yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Dude, first class. Living the dream. <laughs> no, I was like upset that I didn't get one A. My mom <laughs> tell this to everyone that I didn't get the first seat on the plane when when I went to Ireland or something. She still holds that over my head. Is that uh, Bowerman's policy too? <laughs> Are they fly you anywhere? Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. You, you we're coach most ways. Uh, well, you know, it's a true blue, blue collar lifestyle, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not complaining. A cu- couple teammates run real well this weekend, though. I thought everyone actually raced well. Uh, yeah. Marielle raced well, won the race. Josh, first race back. Josh yeah. Thompson, new guy. These guys Probably might not know him. I guess is that, that's not Marielle's first race in a Bowerman uniform, but it's got to be one of them. Right? Um, yeah, no, she raced like a 5K earlier this year. Um, she won that one too, but it was kind of all by herself. I think this was the best race she's ran for us. And uh, your, your boy Mark Scott as well. Uh, yeah, don't sleep on Mark, man. Mark. Well, I was this time last year. I was uh, watching him win the 10K and double A's. So, so you're a believer. I'm on board. He's very cute, also. So yes, I, yes. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. All four Bowerman bringing in, uh, you know, studs on and off the track. He's so charming too, man. It's the accent, you know. No, he could be saying anything. <laughs> that's true. But it comes I, off charming. He's got confidence. He's got confidence. Mark. Confidence. Is, he's got a little swagger. Very much. That's good. That's you know. That's that's a underrated part of racing is just to go into the race as a little a little bit of a I don't know if it's a chip on your shoulder but just a little, a little ego I think chip on the shoulder goes further than ego yeah generally but yeah I guess it's different things like chip on the shoulder is like people I feel like that's more relational to other people whereas like ego is more internal you know? yeah yeah I agree what do you got there Ben Nothing. I was letting you guys hash that shit out. <laughs> it looked like he was zoning out. <laughs> nah. I was thinking about it. Um, well, we met, actually, we met one of your uh, former former pilot teammates last night. Um, your boy, <sighs> Jeff. Shout Jeff Thies. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff. Yeah, shout out to the th- pilot. mispronouncing his name because uh, having taken French for many years, I was going Thies, but it's Thies. Oh. Yeah, it is Thies. The more you know, internet, yeah, 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 in yeah. the world. How'd the pilots do at uh, NCAAs? Uh, we had a, a freshman get All-American in the steeple. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Mm. That's about it this year. We had, we, had, we, we kind of burned out toward the end. We uh, got off to a hot start like so many teams and and didn't quite have it at regionals, right? It's pretty yeah. – you've That's, heard that a hundred times, right? Maybe it's tough. Year. It's tough to maintain it through like, uh, you know – a full nine months of racing. I, you, I feel like you see that a lot with the, the teams that really like come out hot and cross. Yep. Um, it can be tough to, to keep that momentum going throughout. Look at BYU, man. 
Well, be where you didn't like Yeah, it. that's... I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just going to sit here and, and uh, make some enemies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to shit talk anyone. But, um, I, you know, I'm sure those guys, they know how they did. So sure. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Sure. Um, but uh, that's... Uh, is BYU in your conference? They are, yeah. yeah. The WCC. WCC. The fight in WCC. I, I don't know. Yeah, go figure. So are they, are they your like main ri- collegiate rivals? I would say so. That's a. Uh, I don't know anyone else that we hate as much as BYU. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so good because like of the charts. If you're gonna pick enemies, it's got to be like the you know clean cut, good good old perfectly boys. normal yeah. you know, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. But then they're also like in their thirties by the time they're competing for BYU. So <laughs> true. I shouldn't say anything because JT's like twenty five and he's first year as a pro. So he well, he's he's not he's not from BYU. Once you're a pro, all bets are off. You know? Yeah, I think you're. I think that's like fair. all the you know age cheaters. We got you know seventeen year olds winning young guns, diamond teams. league meets. Yeah. Well, friggin' um, Mondo Duplantis won uh, diamond league this weekend. Kids like in high school <laughs> currently. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like to think about that, man. Yeah, makes you feel old. <laughs> I've got another ring around the stump. Um, that kid is my favorite because he is Swedish, I guess, by his on his mom's side. Yeah. And he his name is Armand Duplantis, which is like a very... Uh, it's a handsome name. Yeah. Mm. Um, but he's from Louisiana, and he has... I discovered this like two days ago. He has a very thick Cajun accent. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny to listen to him talk because yeah, at least I was expecting him to be like very European, and and then he comes in hot no. with a like deep twang. So you never you never know what people. <laughs> it's best just not to meet your heroes, man. <laughs> just don't know what they're gonna sound like or or talk like for that matter. Matter. Oh boy. Yeah. Well. Last night was interesting, so no oh comment on goodness. that. What? <laughs> With who? Who were you? Oh, I don't know. Bro- we're not going to bring up any names, but well, uh, let's just say I broke a table at a uh, current professional local <laughs> professional runner's <laughs> house last night. It's, um, it wasn't mine, for the record. No, I think you can add two and two and figure out. I've uh, figured it out. Do like the math on that one. But, <laughs> um, it was an interesting night. Um, I'm sorry he died. I'm sorry they <laughs> <He> all died. <laughs> um, but no, it was. Uh, but I think I think that stuff is so interesting because, like, as runners, like you don't, as a professional runner, you don't publicize that like you can drink mm. and like celebrate a good performance. Like you just kind of you kind of hold that in. There's like this whole dark side of track. I was I was at pre and after pre, a bunch of the athletes went out drinking and it was fun. We had a great time. And it was just like part of the game. Yeah, I was. It's super taboo to like talk about it. Yeah. Because who's you know it doesn't look good for your contract, Absolutely. especially if your name's Woody Kincaid and you've been hurt for two years. Like yeah. if you say, "Oh, I'm gonna go out after this race," it sounds pretty bad. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Do you have a self-imposed drinking policy currently? Um. Well. Or in or, or when let me healthy? start. Let me start first. When when I was training, I wasn't drinking. But I, since I've had this another another injury, I I'm a little more loose on it coming back because because I won't be racing for about six six months. I, I'll have maybe a drink or two every few days or something. You know, if I go out. But I'm not I'm not getting hammered. 
I'm not celebrating anything. <laughs> so, so that's, I have no policy, but I usually don't really drink that much when I'm in, when I'm in the, the zone, you know? Yeah. I think I, you know, in college at least we, we, we had a, we would go dry during cross country, which I think was like partially a training policy, but then also partially just like, uh, I think there was like a team building aspect to it. Um, but my coach also would say, you know, it's like you can't always be monks and choir boys, you know? You gotta you gotta be a person a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, the monk probably wins out in the end, though. Yeah, I don't know. You can drive yourself a little crazy, I think. That's for sure. That's true, too. Um, I definitely... Yeah, I think there's a balance to be had. Although no one knows how to have sober fun like runners, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just good, clean fun. You guys want to go outside and just... Walk around. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of what sick. we do. Yeah, <laughs> stuff to do, you know. <laughs> did you? Did, what was your in college? What was your team's like? Uh, have we talked about this before? No, like we talked about this before. Uh, it, I mean, it changed so much from the time I was a freshman to when I was a senior. I was there for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a freshman, we had a really wild, like upperclassman class. I'm not going to name any names, but they would, they would drink a lot. So that was, it was, I, I wouldn't say, as a freshman, it was easy to drink a lot when you're watching like the upperclassmen drink all the time. And I, you know, I like to drink anyway. So, so I drink, <laughs> I drink as a freshman, but then just like so many people, like by the time you're fifth year, you just want to be good at running. Yeah. So you're not. You don't care what anyone else is doing. You're just like, I'm just going to go to sleep, man. I'm, just, yeah. I'm really tired. Showed up, showed up to a lot of uh, frat parties senior year in sweatpants with a mug of tea. I've been there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that for the thrill, just to see what the frat party of... I've never actually been to a frat party. Was Portland not have frats? No. Cornell has, like, kind of frats. Yeah, I call it a win. Like, I don't I don't think you're missing out on a whole lot. No. I, I probably would enjoy it. I pride, I will say I've always prided myself on be, being able to throw a good house party. Yeah. Ben knows well, the Kinross, the Kinross boys. My, me and my roommates, are, we have a good party house. And in college, we also, maybe a little bit to our coach's chagrin, who is a listener, hi, Seb. Um... Had a good party house as well. And everyone has some animal house on the team. I, would, I wouldn't say I'd we were the animal stake house. That there was, I, we were probably the second most party house among the distance guys, but we, we tended to be well-behaved in the season and very not well-behaved in the off-season. I think that's fine, especially in college. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no off-season as a pro, man. It's just... You know, you live and you learn. <laughs> I guess. I mean, when you're on antibiotics to keep you a, a yes, that too. That's pretty well, weird. I've also been good. I, I've actually I made a little resolution for the rest of the season after the whole antibiotics thing. I was like, I'm not going to drink uh, until the end of the season, and since it ended yesterday, I've now reneged on that policy. It's really not that hard. Yeah, well, uh, especially. It <laughs> I guess I live a very different life. Yeah, than the average <laughs> person. Like, if I say I don't want to drink, everyone understands. You know. Yeah. Do you so do you you run full time? You don't uh, do anything else with your time besides podcasts. I occasionally volunteer at like uh, high school. Oh, cool! But that's it. Very nice. Yeah, I sometimes sometimes talk to high school kids. Give them good advice, bad advice, a little bit of both. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm. I don't. I'm not the advice guy. I'm the. I'm just the. This kid's a pro runner. You know. Look at him. Yeah. Believe, believe in yourself. <laughs> if he can do it, anybody yeah. can. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to say anything. It's awesome, man. So as as a resident of two of the, the I guess the running hotspots, Portland versus Colorado, pros and cons. <sighs> wow. Uh, I mean, pro. I like doing workouts in Portland better. For the company or for the atmosphere? For, oh, just because I can breathe. For <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, pro in Colorado. Sun all the time. Always sunny. Uh, Although it is beautiful today. Yeah. This, the summer here is awesome. Sun. But then <laughs> this is when they sometimes travel. Yeah. Generally. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know which one I like better. I think I like Portland better. Oh, all right. Colorado has more trails. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, people think Portland has it has great hiking, you know, like the cross team cross country trails. But for for track, there aren't really a lot of places to run here, other than Nike. Makes sense, I guess. I found some good trails this morning, but uh, I also wasn't going that far. Where would so. you go? I was on the river um, down over by like Lewis and Clark. Um, oh, by Lewis and Clark. Yeah, but I also was not running very far, so I didn't need the trails to be long. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just doing doing loops. Yeah, I was shocked by we did Wildwood. Some of the Jacuzzi boys took me and gave me like the <laughs> You know the Jacuzzi boys. Yeah, the Jacuzzi boys. <laughs> nice. I, I was, was I talking to Solverding just yesterday actually. Excellent. Yeah. It's shout out to Jacuzzi Boys. They've been like helping me kind of get my get my feet wet and experience Portland a little bit and we did Wildwood and then Leaf Erickson. It's crazy. Like they, you don't have that in Massachusetts. Oh, uh, that blows your mind. It's the first time you're totally there. Totally crazy. Yeah. Like, it just goes on for miles and miles and mm-hmm. miles. Um, and the crazy thing is they were like, all right guys, we're meeting at 1030 and we showed up and there were like 11 dudes all ready to go. Yeah. And a dog. That's People run here, man. Boston, yeah. Boston is a runner city, but it's an East coast runner city. It's different. Like I can name uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting is like the sub elite scene in Boston is really big. Like there are, I can list off probably 10 groups of guys and girls who are all like, you know, different ability levels, but still trying to keep that dream alive. Um, but in Portland, what you're looking for is washed up. Yeah. <laughs> in Portland, it seems like we were talking about this and it seems like they're mainly like male post-collegiate groups. There weren't a ton of women mm-hmm. because there are a lot of women pros who live and train out here. Um, and but there's not in groups. There just weren't as many. I don't think there's many groups. Like the Jacuzzi boys is like, Boys for a reason. They're jacuzzi girls, but they're not quite as prolific. God, I didn't know there were jacuzzi girls. There are a couple, mm. like three or four. Sick yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah. Sick race. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you? I, well, I guess that's always a, like people who train in Flagstaff say that. It's like you run into people. Do you? Do you run into other runners a lot in your your day to day? I mean, I go to Nike pretty much every yeah. day, so I do run into. Uh, Evan Jager, Ryan Hill. Oh, your teammates. <laughs> That's a little bit of a... <laughs> Chris Derrick. No, for the most part, I do most of my runs with them mm-hmm. or by myself. And then I, I don't think, you know, maybe I'll run with the pilots every so often. Mm-hmm. But no, not really. Not I really. think Boston, I, I'd probably be more aware of it. Here, I'm just kind of doing Boston, you can't go 
spinning distance without finding someone you it's always of course when you're tired and you're like running with shit form and like <laughs> you have your earphones in and you're like hey oh cool that's that cute person that I was into who's now running past me <laughs> <laughs> dude um, there, there are no headphones for me never ran with them that's, an that's a good point yeah. of debate yeah. anti anti headphones me too I hashtag will hashtag say uh, I'm definitely too dependent on them now I try not to be but it's a good uh, aid in these uh, winter when like all the last thing I want to do is like go out after working an eight hour day and just like run in 20 degree weather that's when the headphones and the podcast come in handy yeah um, it's, otherwise it's the sports of running then huh yeah that's how you get through the day after I was listening to uh, your boy winter. this morning uh well, I had a little Kirsch action on the... Stephen Kirsch. Yeah. Uh, the Big Meat Pod yeah. I was listening to uh, on my shakeout. Shout out to Sidious. Yeah, they do good stuff. Shabbos knows what's up. Um, but yeah, no, it, I get it. I'm not proud of the fact that I occasionally throw the headphones on. That's okay. It happens. It, it's, a, it's a necessary evil. Do you run with the speaker open? Like you're running and you have the phone... Like tattooed to your arm, <laughs> and, it's, and it's just blasting the. Yeah. Just Have like you ever done that. Chavez's hot takes on the. <laughs> no, um, I don't think so. I, I feel like I got I invested in a pair of Bluetooth headphones recently, so that was a big uh, game changer. Where do you put your phone? You have like. Because if you pockets, go, zip pocket, yeah. zip pocket, and half tights. When I have to like plan out if I ever have to run like into work with my phone. I zip it into like the back pocket of the shorts because if you just put it in the pocket, it's gonna fly yeah. around. It good. depends on yeah, it depends on what I'm wearing. Definitely like anything that's more of like a hip pocket than a like front pocket is easier for the stride. But um, you know, you make it work. I'm sure that everyone cares about our running routine. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people want. They want that's to know. True. They want to know what you wear. We can't all have serious, uh, sincere content about the sacrifices you make for running. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so much to do with podcasts on that. This is run great. your mouth. This is shooting the <laughs> shit, man. This is the most running focus we've ever been. Uh, uh, plus one for Colorado. You can run shirtless a lot more. You can't run shirtless here? Well, you can, but it, in Colorado, it's just it's easier. There's more sun, and it kind of just pulls you towards... The shirtless. I see. Yeah. You got, You were saying something about a run. You got running heckles here? Running heckles. Did I? I maybe said that, but I, I guess. No, we don't. Do you, have a be, do you have a best running heckle that you've ever gotten? <laughs> not, not one that didn't have a lot of French in it, man. All right. That's <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to make you say it, but. I won't today. <laughs> But yeah, no, <laughs> Benny boy, you gotta. I got actually. I got to run. I really run the other day. Yeah, that's I, that's the first one. That's the first and easiest one that comes to mind, and it's the least creative. But I hadn't heard it in a while, so really? I was like, I was almost like pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, and then I wanted to be like, uh, excuse me. She never says run forest run in the movie. Uh, she says run forest run like the wind. That's right. You know, it's, you're misquoting. Yeah. But <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Turn I'm, turn around and actually them. You know. I always have to finish that quote when I hear it. Yeah. It's never. Uh, she never says play it again, Sam. That's another one. It's deeply misquoted. <laughs> Luke, I'm your. That father. would be that would be worth stopping to watch and letting them have it. You know, really showing them that you know your shit. Yeah. Personally, I think teenagers come out with the with the playing hardball. 
Usually they come out with the least creative, yeah. <laughs> most vulgar one. Well, you say that. Well, I don't know. If Boston's just more woke, but like you don't get you don't get a lot of just like fag. Right. Like, I think you do. Yeah, I've got plenty of that. Yeah, in Boston, uh, dude. This is 2012. We yeah, we grew up in the same uh, like kind of you know wealthy suburb of of Boston, Newton, mile 20 of the marathon course. And I get that all the time. Yeah? Right? Yeah, all the time. All right. Which is shocking. In six years. And maybe it's just because yeah. I'm so swarthy uh, and masculine that people just... Yeah, they look at me and they're like, we can rip him apart. We know where he's subconscious. <laughs> yeah. They see me running by. They're like, he's definitely not a fag. So. <laughs> <laughs> or, maybe he's, or maybe they're intimidated by you and they, they, they feel like they have to... Yeah, they're taking down a peg. Yeah. yeah. It's the stash. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. That guy's dick is probably huge. <laughs> so I gotta, you know. Man, this podcast is going six to midnight right now. Love it. Oh, that makes two of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we can, you know, we'll, we'll cut out anything you want to cut out afterwards. I'm leaving everything. Hell yeah. So put um, it all on the line. Mm-hmm. I actually did have some real questions uh, for you. Go ahead. I want the hard ones. Um, I know. You you'd mentioned the name drops the Bowerman teammates already. I know this is a, this is a particular personal passion of yours. Yes. Um, what is uh, the best lesson you've learned or, or best piece of advice you've gotten from your team, one of your teammates? Wow. Um, the thing is, I've been hurt for like 18 months now. All right. So I've gotten to talk to pretty much every person about the way this team works is like Jerry kind of gives us a lot of autonomy and he lets us dictate what we want to do. People think he's a dictator, but really the team kind of works together and, and we collaborate and then we decide what's best for ourselves usually. Um, so who do I usually go to when I'm looking for advice? Uh, probably, man, I don't know. Everyone's given good advice at some point. Um, who, who most fully exercises their uh, athlete autonomy in that relationship? I'd say probably CD. CD knows that. Well, I, he knows that I trust his opinion because mm-hmm. he, he thinks things very, he thinks things through every, and I can tell that he really considers every possible option. Uh, so his, his greatest advice to me was probably, listen, man, if you want to get better, then don't try and push through aches and pains to the point where they're hurt and then keep coming back. And then you have to take two days off. You want just consistency. Um, even if it's, even if it takes a whole nother year of just having consistency, it's better than having a few weeks and having to take a few days off. And then another few days, and have to take a few days off, because then you just never get better. And uh, I think it, it took a while for me to really take that to heart, and uh, that's what I'm doing now. That I, I can't remember who told me this, but I, it stuck in my head is the um, 90%, 100% of the time is better than 100%, 90% of the time. Yeah, and it's it's a cliche, but it's totally true. Yeah. Totally true. Does and it's it, so with hard. Jerry, too, does, does CD, is he a... Uh, Headstrong when it comes to things like that. It's funny. None of, no one's perfect, right? So, sometimes we're better at giving advice than, than doing it, but I think oh, he is, yeah. The people who give the most advice are always the people who are the worst <laughs> at taking it. I a, don't think that's true. That's a universal truth. That's, that's, that's not true. Because CD is, is good at walking the walk. 
that's that's why I go to him to be honest. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, leading by example. Yeah. Who's the who's the best uh, the best person for off the track advice? Just life advice, so, relationship uh, advice, all that. Jazz. I mean, probably uh, Ryan. I feel like he's very you know, he's a diplomatic person. He's also very funny, so it's good to it's easy to keep things going. Ryan Hill, by the way, you can't just drop first names, can I? You know, but you know what? Do your research, audience. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, you listen to the. If you don't now. know. Yeah, if you're you know this deep in and you can't figure out who Ryan Hill is, uh, well, what the hell are you doing here? Find a, find a new podcast. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I will say that if if Run Your Mouth's brand is is for anything, it's for people who are really half assing it when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> knowing your facts and figures. But uh, <laughs> I'll drink to that. That's uh, no, that's good. That's um. You know, it's good to have a little bit, of, a little bit of both that running knowledge and that that life knowledge. All of us are are pretty decent at life. I was gonna say, I guess uh, Evan's yes. married. I'm really so glad, I guess to hear he, that. <laughs> glad to hear you guys are thriving. <laughs> oh, yeah, the struggle's real, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course we're pretty good. We're pretty well off. We're fine. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. You're doing all right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say Evan's married, so I guess he can he can give all the. You know, how to have a happy relationship advice, but... Uh, no. No? Nah. And then actually, he's, he kind of keeps more to himself. I mean, he talks, but he, he's... He keeps personal things. Personal matters per... Pers- Consummate professional. Yes, he is. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, <laughs> Me too, man. Um, what's the most interesting... Oh, this is a perfect segue. Uh, what's the most interesting thing you've learned about a teammate? Mm. That's, that's a good question. Uh, can I can we come back to that? Sure. That's the most interesting thing I've learned about a teammate. Yeah, I, that's a tough one, man. You Let's have an back. entire podcast dedicated to this. That's so. true. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's very. That's very true. Well, I was gonna just. I, the next thing I had was just the, to apply the same thing, but to Jerry. Most interesting. Our best thing you've learned from Jerry, and most interesting thing you've learned about Jerry. Um, definitely with Jerry, it's. He is not the person that uh, everyone thinks he is, or the public thinks he is. He's really just like a, a I, I think we've talked about this on my podcast, just a talkative guy. He'll just get in your face and, and talk your ear off. I didn't think he was like that when I first met him or when I didn't meet him at all. Mm-hmm. So the most interesting thing about Jerry is that he's one, an insane person, and two, a very charismatic one. Hmm. Yeah. That's good Thanks know, for yeah. topping that off. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's always nice to have. It's always, it's interesting. So much of, uh, you know, being a runner is performative in addition to being, uh, you know, uh, legs and results. Um, and it's, it's interesting how people balance that. We've definitely talked to, on this podcast about sort of um, folks who cultivate a brand that is that goes beyond, you know, above and beyond their actual running performances, which is, you know, some people kind of poo-poo, but I think, you know, generally it's good for the sport to have people like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line you're walking, though, isn't it? Yeah, well... Because do you, do you want to... When you create a brand, is it gonna make things better? Or is it just gonna make things more boring? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, I, I I think that running as a sport in general is like really boring. Mm. Like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. 
I think that you see people that are coming onto the scene and have like a different background, a different story. And that's interesting. Like I'm talking kind of about Craig. Like I like that idea that you can be, he can be just like ridiculous and out there. Craig Ingalls. Come on, man. We got to drop both. Craig Ingalls. <laughs> Craig Ingalls. I've taken your photos a couple of times, we've chatted from time to time, but I think, I think like brands like that are great because that's not normally what you see. Like that doesn't mean you have to be the mullet and mustache crusader, but it means that you have to have an interesting story. Just being like, yeah, I run. So does everybody else. Mm-hmm. What makes you different? What makes you special? What makes you stand out? It's really important. I agree. Obviously. See, maybe this is my own weird thing, but I, I agree. But for the opposite reason is I think, I think running is really interesting. I'm one, I'm the weirdo that can watch any track meet for any amount of time and enjoy it. And I, I think you just need, I think that that's, that's there at the end of the day. Like it's, we were at, um, Adrian Martinez last week, which is like, I, I always joke. It's like the perfect track meet because <laughs> it's two hours start to finish. All the fields are quality. It's only mid distance, which maybe is a personal preference, <laughs> but it's, my, my impartial opinion. Yeah. But you know, it, it's, I think the meat is there in terms of running as a sport, being something that could have a fan base and could have a following and that you need the, the characters to introduce that to the people and, and regardless of how you feel about them individually, <laughs> there's people, you know, there's people out there that, you know, the Nick Simmonses of the world who yeah. have done plenty for better or for worse mm-hmm. to expand the uh, audience of running. Um, and, and that even if that can be a little annoying on your Instagram feed, <laughs> that's an enjoyable thing. Yeah. Do you, do you want to be annoyed, but aware or, Unaware and bored. I guess I'd rather be annoyed and aware. Yeah, yes. I'd yeah. rather be someone. In well, my that's face. more. That's I pushing. Take, sp- take it back. That's pushing the sport forward, right? Like if you're yeah. unaware, running's not growing. Mm-hmm. People, more people aren't learning. Got to get that content out there, baby. Content. That's how we keep better. Around. ABC always be <laughs> contenting. Um, uh, do you have a, have a vamp for enough time that you have an interesting discovery about a teammate to share? Or? Yeah, nothing cool. I was thinking about Josh. Josh went to Nicaragua. He went, he's cool. a Mormon. He went to Nicaragua for two years. Nicaragua. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an uh, interesting combination of, uh, did he, he went there on a mission, I assume? Yep. Yep. And then he, he married a girl. Oh, so Josh is married too. Nice so you, could, you could also go to him for the, I guess, although I, I don't know that maybe that's very old fashioned of me to assume that someone being married is the, the be all end all for relationship being, advice. Yeah. But maybe that was. <laughs> oh, Mary? Yeah, their teammates are laughing. They're good. Right now. Yeah. If they're listening to this, they're definitely laughing. Uh, laughing at me or laughing at you? Well, probably both, but <laughs> you at the moment. Fair enough. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm as a uh, perpetually single person, um, you know, you gotta find somebody to. <laughs> What's, the, what's your stance on dating runners versus not dating Oh, this is, this is a good one. This is a recurring theme, yeah. On dating runners? Yeah. Sam, it used to be, uh, it used to be, no, it used to be definitely not, man. You have to see them every day <clears throat> and you have to, you might, they're probably a little bit insane and maybe, but it comes with the territory with the territory, of course. But now I've, now I've changed my mind. Interesting. Yeah. How many are here first folks? Are yeah. in this apartment? 
<laughs> there are two two bedrooms. Yeah, and you see my apartment; it's nice. It's a nice apartment. You have I. I'm definitely a big fan of big common space, which you have. Yeah, I mean, it's not a mess in here, is it? No, no. So I, I think I'm difficult in some ways. Where I'll sleepwalk occasionally. Oh, you'll cool. sleepwalk sometimes. Just a you know casual. Yes. Well, how does that work? Do you? Start and end in your bed, or do you wake up places that weren't? Uh, I've woke up, woken up places. Yeah, like in the apartment, out of the apartment, on the street next to the homeless guys. Yeah, I mean, Abby, like, worries that I'm gonna just like wake up halfway falling from like the fifth story because I just I'll walk around the apartment. It's weird. Well, I feel like if you're already falling, I think that like <laughs> the hell of a way to go. Yeah, well, that's it. and then yeah, I think you're at that point. The damage is done. I. I think it would be way <laughs> the scarier. The damage is done. No, it's not. That's when I hit the ground. I think it would be way scarier to wake up like on the edge of a building. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see that. Because that's like the what if factor. Either way, the process is all. Yeah, right. Um, I guess that is scary. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of hard to live with. I guess so. Does your roommate have like a like nine to five kind of deal? Uh, yeah, he yeah. works. He works for the senator. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, so that's a little bit easier to manage, I guess, if you're on kind of different schedules. Yeah. I mean, he he has his shit together, so it's really easy. I think that's, that's the the key to having a roommate or having, or sharing. Everyone should have their shit together. Yes. Unfortunately, you can't really put that on Craigslist. It's like looking for a roommate (laughs) who has their shit together. (laughs) Serious inquiries. Please reach out to run your mouth pod. Yeah, that's how everyone should find roommates is by going through me as a real estate broker, for sure. Uh All right, well, well, speaking of entertaining, uh, I guess you've shared the the sleepwalking. Sure. Um, It's notorious that uh, your various friends have told stories about you on other podcasts. Uh Now you have time to, you know, have the rebuttal. Do you have a a good fable story for us? Uh, well, one time, Scott's done actually a lot of really embarrassing things. A lot of <laughs> let's hear. Scott, it, Scott's baby. actually more awkward than you would think, especially like going through college. It was kind of kind of awkward. Like he showed up. Uh, he even loved burritos in uh, college so much that he showed up to parties in burrito suits sometimes. Like we talked. Are we talking just wrapped in tinfoil? Yeah, I, f- I feel like some- it was really creative the way he would do it. He would like wrap, it'd be almost a toga with tin, f- like maybe some tin foil. Respect on. that. Yeah. But respect it. To clarify, not at Halloween, just in life. <laughs> it was usually a themed party. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, that's yeah. very different. No. <laughs> if no one else is dressing up and he shows up in a burrito, he's <laughs> like, who's that weirdo? Who's that weirdo wrapped up in tin foil? <laughs> that changes things. Yeah, but I mean, Scott would occasionally, I mean, he's very articulate usually, uh, but occasionally he would stumble through conversations and you would just have to walk away. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was destined to fail. <laughs> but he's actually an incredible writer if, you, if you've read yes, his stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think we talked on his episode about his blog and his process mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, that... A lot of bad first drafts, you know, right. both in life and in writing. That's the, um, you, know, you know, key to success. But yeah, he, he lays in, of course I have some quirks, but uh, Fobble is equally as, as quirky in my, in my book. 
Fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. He's gonna paint you as the the weirdo. You guys exactly. <laughs> he's, he's the weird. He takes one to no one. Yeah. And uh, since uh, we had uh, your teammate on the podcast, you what you want to shit talk Hughes a little? Any good Matt Hughes, Hughes stories? Hughes is uh, if we took the character away from Solinsky of being the Hound, it'd be Hughes. All right. <laughs> wait, wait, Hughes is is the Hound. He's just very. He's very uh, stubborn. And grumpy, and, and I don't like getting on his bad side, so I usually just kind of stay away from Hughes. He's a burly you guy. Pick any fights? No, I don't usually. <laughs> Good for you. That's- I'll say something like I'm totally just to stir the pot, and he'll he'll be like he'll call me out and actually keep going with it. Usually, people just will just like joke with me about it. Hughes will be like, no, we're gonna take this to the end. Let's take this full extent. Yeah, see, that's a good. It's, it's better to avoid... I have the annoying habit of, like, if someone... Is, if someone is not a fan of me, that's when I go for the, like, I will scatter <laughs> you into liking me. I will make it happen. You will... Yeah, eventually, yeah. I will win you over. And that's, you know, not my favorite quality of my own. I can see it. No, I, <laughs> I, I think any runner would appreciate that, especially the, the stubbornness there. Yeah, just win people over. Drown them in love. Uh, well, Hughes told us about... Uh, uh, one of the more interesting uh, Bowerman team traditions is the burrito bets. Yeah. And he said you, you throw a lot of good burrito bets out there. Well, the thing is I'm a, I'm a degenerate gambler. Okay. <laughs> but um, I tried to pay all my burritos back just the other day. I was, I was eight burritos deep. So to, I, in debt to multiple people? <laughs> to multiple people. <laughs> I was eight burritos deep. Um, I, I'll take the long shot. You know, I'll take... Um, shoot or shoot, baby. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like, um, I'll take a one. I have a bet with Josh right now that I could beat him in uh, Smash Bros or something. Ten to one. Ten burritos, I win. One burrito, if he wins. Oh wow, you give odds too. Yeah, it's yeah. just a straight burrito for yeah, burrito. Ten to one burrito. Ten to one B. That's a good one. So, do you have? Uh, are you have any burrito bet wins that you're particularly proud of? Uh, too long. Yes, long. yes, there <laughs> is. All right. Uh, I was in Mammoth training with Bumby and CD, and we were playing some basketball, and I called out, I don't know if I said Wilt or something, and I shot just one hook over my my left shoulder, Uh and I made it, and they're like, you can't do that again, and I told them both, burrito each, and there it was. It was just like, just like butter. Drained it. Yeah. Poop drained. It ain't broke. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, before we move on to our game, um, one uh, question I've been fascinated by asking people recently is um, the self-inflicted wound. Um, it can be training-related or not training-related, but uh, any time when you've, like, you just really screwed the pooch and it was entirely your own fault, it was your own stupidity, it was your own something. That was, like, ages 12 to 24. <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> no, uh, what was my worst? Best summer? worst? Whatever comes to mind. It would have to be Punchbowl Falls when I was a sophomore in college on my 20th birthday. Um, we went to Punchbowl Falls, and now they close it off because some kid died. Okay. And uh, it was like September 21st, and we went up. Have you been to Punchbowl Falls? I have not, no. Have you been to Punchbowl Falls? It's like a 70-foot cliff. There's okay. like a mini cliff and then a 70 foot. I went to college in Ithaca, New York. I know gorgeous. So, yeah, you can get the idea. Yeah. Um, my friend, like, they call him, like, the wild card 
like everyone just called because <laughs> he just does things unpredictable. It's a great nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out there with him, and uh, we went up there not planning to do anything to the top of the waterfall. And me, and I'm talking to my friend Bursell, and then we looked to the left and realized that leader is no longer there. Like he's no longer standing there, and he's falling like this. I'm look like Jesus right now. He just falls into the water like Jesus. Doesn't even didn't say anything, didn't announce anything, wasn't trying to show off or anything. And uh, I realized then that like a leader just jumped in the water. Like we're gonna have to do this now. Like <laughs> he did it. Yeah, yeah it's like I, we like he's okay. And some all both of us knew. We looked at each other like we're gonna have to do this. So we both jump, and uh, I. Uh, hit the water so hard that it bends your knee backwards. Have you, have you done that before? I have a very similar story to this exact story, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like when you jump from that high, it feels like time stops first of all, but then when you land, no matter how much you bend your knee, it, it like pushes your knee into your body. And I did that and I, and immediately I was like, Oh shit, it's the middle of the track season. Like suddenly yeah. my, my frontal lobe kicked in and was like, oh, I'm going to have to keep running. As you're landing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep running for another few months. Um, but no, I, I like tweaked my, my MCL and had to take a, a couple yeah. of days. Fortunately, it was fine, but that was the closest call. Jeez. Yeah. We had a, a run that we always did that we actually, I think, stopped doing every cross season because people kept getting hurt doing it. Yeah. And it was part of the run was you jumped into a gorge like to cross the the water and there was always what was the Strava segment for that you can't that's one of my favorite things about Ithaca is that there's no service and the trails are too winding that you can't use Strava you can't use GPS watches you just gotta go off of your heart and your balls and I like that um but there's like a small which you have to protect by the way yes also (laughs) important just in case anyone decides to jump off yeah anything high torsion is no joke no don't Um, no there's there's like a small, medium, and high part to jump, and they're probably they're probably like, you know, ten feet, twenty feet, and fifty, fifty-five feet, and I guess like when my freshman year, it was always like a couple idiots would do the tall one, but like everyone else would do like the smaller, medium one, and the freshman did not know this at the time, and so one of my teammates who was my year was like, you know, everyone's kind of deciding where to go as we get to that point in the run. And he's like, well, we came all this way and just goes off the top <laughs> of course. Send it. We and came all this way. Because That's the all the freshmen are like, well, I can't, like, Hunter did it. Like, I can't, you know, be the soft person that doesn't do it. Like, almost all the freshmen went off the high one. And then afterwards, like, the upperclassmen on the team were like, holy shit, this freshman <laughs> class is crazy. They all went off the high jump. The freshmen are Because you know, we just didn't know any better. And, like, especially, it was exactly that. It's as I was falling, I was like, oh, I should not have done this. Mm-hmm. I was fine, but one of my teammates did crack a rib. Oof. Oh. So, Yikes. not not the smartest thing. Yeah, so what he did is he probably hit the water and cracked his own, like, I think he was leaning forward a bit. And yeah. so, like, I think... He didn't. There wasn't enough like breaking the water in his torso. Right. Who knows? It didn't seem, you know, yeah. pleasant in the slightest. We we had a teammate one year uh, punch a wall. That That's a, a classic. That was had a Definitely had a coin. Yeah. Show the wall who was boss. Yeah. He won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
Actually, honestly, the exact opposite. Our game this week is called uh, Price of a 5K. Okay. Um, and so basically I just came up with a, a, a couple different hypotheticals um, in terms of what you would do to become better at running. Because that, that's kind of the concept of your podcast. Hopefully. I don't, I don't want to speak for it. No, I ain't. In the broad sense. Um, but we boiled this down into um, some interesting little specifics. So for the example, the easy one I got is, uh, would you shave your head to run one second faster in the 5K? Easy, yes. Yeah. That's, that's an easy one. So we're... I'd shave, I'd shave my entire like, body. All right. What? Hell yeah. Uh, would you grow out your hair, all kinds, head and facial... Everything else. No, uh... Wait, say that again? Would you grow out your hair? Yeah. Uh, of all kinds. All kinds, yeah. Um, for a year to run one second faster in the 5K. Yes. Got that commitment. Um, would you go a year without talking to another person to make a world team? Yeah. Very nice. Uh, would you live in a car for a year to make a world team? Yeah. These are easy. They're easy. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to come up with uh, some good, uh, you know, hypotheticals to challenge you. Um, here's, one, here's one that's a little more. Would you, ra- would you rather not make a team over the course of your professional running career uh, to run sub-13 in the 5K? So your personal best is under Right, so Solinsky, essentially. Would I rather be Chris <laughs> Solinsky? <laughs> I um, uh, I'd rather make a team, personally. I like that. That's interesting. Um, would you uh, abstain from all uh, sexual romantic pleasure to stay injury-free for a year? And to clarify, you're not... 100% getting injured your, your same level of like health so this is like the movie 40 days and 40 nights 40 days and 40 nights I don't know that movie is that the premise of that movie yeah alright so it's not that you're not you're definitely gonna get injured it's just like you're either rolling the dice or you're definitely gonna be injury free um yeah totally yeah good for you <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's only a year I, okay. <laughs> well, let that speak for itself. For sure. Um, and then the last one, uh, uh, you're very committed, which, you know, has made this a quick game. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, these are easy questions. Like, Well, so this, this one is, a, is tiered, so we'll see uh, okay. if it uh, helps out at all. Um, how many years would you willingly take off your life, we'll say at the end of your life, to run sub-13 in the 5K? Well, this is interesting because I heard a similar scenario where would you, if you were to die in the next 10 years, would you, uh, but win a, gold, win a gold medal, guarantee a gold medal, would you, you had a 50-50 chance of dying in the next 10 years, but you win a gold medal, would you do it? Um, I think a lot, a, a lot of pro athletes said yes to that. Mm-hmm. I forget their exact percentage. Um, so your question is not 10 how many, years. How many years you would take off? So they're, they're elderly years, but they're still years coming off your life to... Uh, probably zero. Zero. I still like to live. And then uh, how many years would you willingly take off your life to win an Olympic gold medal? Zero. 
It's interesting. Yeah. I'm all over the board. Cognitive dissonance to that. <laughs> committed on, on all of the, the lessons. I'm not, I'm not dying for it, though, man. Well, you're not dying. You're just dying earlier. We're all dying. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's much better to have a year with mom and pops, right? I like that. At the end of the day. Um, so this is the... Uh, um, it's not quite set up the same way, but this is one of my favorite long-run questions, which is... And, and, Ben, maybe you'll want to weigh in on this. What is the minimum level of accomplishment to justify pooping yourself in a race. Oh, God. That's a good one. That's a really good one. So, like, you know, it's like, I like, I would poop myself to break four. I think, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's totally fair. But, like, would I poop myself to run 402? Like, I, no! Probably not. Hell no. So, like, there's an interesting... There's a, clearly a level that everyone has. <laughs> a thin brown Every, line. So, yeah. everyone knows you shit yourself. Oh, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the this world, like, there's, there's not no ambiguous. way to hide it. There's no way to hide it. I'll never forget my conference meet in high school my senior year. There was a girl who let it rip, and my coach pointed it out to me. He ran by, and he goes, look at that. Oh, uh, man. Thanks, coach. And, and you still remember this like 10 years later? Dude. Oh, you're only 21. Still. Yeah. I will never forget it. Yeah. It was infamous. Yeah. <laughs> you remember. People there, don't forget. There are kids. There are kids. It's funny. My, my brother is a, was a freshman on the team when I was a senior, and there are kids like beyond him, even younger. They're like, yo, did you know that that girl? <laughs> that's, <laughs> even, that's even better than like a – we had a teammate in high school who – uh, was famous because he made it onto bar school for his balls falling out. That's a good one. Yeah. And like that legend far outlived. Yeah, his. I heard yeah. about that. He was long gone when I was yeah. when I was on the team. You know what really hurts is she probably still thinks about it too. Oh, she's hell probably, yeah. She's probably like, ah, no. See, and that, that should answer your question. <laughs> well, part, of like, part of why I have thought of this question is that I, I we have a friend who pooped himself in a 5K and ran 14 flat. Mm, and not like, worth it. How much better would it be if he pooped himself around 1359? <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier to definitely think. Yeah. Um, what's the the performance to to for forever be known as the guy that shit himself? Uh, I'll take sub 13. Sub 13. Yes. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So you're not that far off, but it would be a leap. In, yes. In, just well, small, that's just a just barrier. A small stain you only get a couple of shots at that, man. Like, you get maybe yeah. four. These days, not everyone's not allowed to just take EPO wantonly anymore. It's hard to break 13. Yeah, it's <laughs> serious bummer. I won't put you on the record about anything to do with that. About um, EPO? Well, I'm assuming you're anti. I'm cool with it. Wait, serious <laughs> bummer. Can't do EPO. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not here first, folks. Speculating wildly about, like, which mid-2000s runners <laughs> run uh, EPO. That's one of my least favorite topics yeah. of the conversation. Well, I'll save that for a long run. Yeah. Um, all right, we finish off every episode with the same three questions, shamelessly stolen in concept from Chavez. Um, first one: Who is your Instagram crush? Who are you feeling on? Who or what? Doesn't have to be like a person; mm-hmm. it can be a, a concept. Are you feeling on the gram? Yeah, it's super weird. It's uh, lamp picks. Lamp it's just a picture picks? of a lamp yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm really into lamps. I guess I just like the way they, the different kind of lamps that they're on. There. You know. If I had to guess what you would have said, <laughs> that probably would have been like the farthest away from anything I would have possibly used. Well, I hope Lampix gets involved. Lampix. <laughs> yeah, Lampix blows up after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's that Woody Kincaid bump, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're now legit. That blue, blue check mark. Uh, my Instagram crush. Hmm. If I say that, I feel bad about saying this, but like my man, Sam Parsons, we were just doing a little photo project together for his group that they're building out. And I mean, I guess he, I'm technically going to shout out myself because he's going to start posting my work. But <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I really like Sam's, Sam's gram. Um, but he's one of those dudes who will comment on everything. Mm. You, you post a pic, get a little Sam shout out. It's All great. Right. He's witty. He is witty. He's a funny, funny little fellow. Yeah. I love the one reason I like Sam's Instagram so much is I think his like little profile logo is like a it's like almost like a stick figure drawing of him like a rendering of him and I think it's really <laughs> cool. I just think it's real sweet. So whoever wrote that on like the college rule blind paper, Sam, if you could hook that up, I'd love one. Fair enough. Love a lo- love a new logo. I spent yeah. the summer with Sam. Actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He just ran super well. He did. Did indeed. you see him after yeah. that? Yeah. Nah. Yeah, I saw him last night a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of my uh, my Instagram crush. Him. You're on the gram right now. I'm on the gram, scrolling through. I I think I talked about this before, but uh, speaking of your teammate, big fan of French bread Friday. French bread. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I would French, French bread over French Also. Uh, what you say? Two types of people in this world, man. French bread and French bread. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite trolls on the internet. Um, and if you, if you are not familiar, <laughs> yeah, um, Shelby's claim the troll. Yeah, the every Friday go to uh, Colleen Quigley's Instagram and then go over afterwards to Shelby Hillhand's Instagram for both French Braid Friday and French Bread Friday. Build that brand, baby. I'm oh cool yeah, with that. Um, your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic, and it's your time to shine. Oh, what no. are you going with? Uh, God, I've got so many. Um, what kind of mood am I in? Am I rock? Am I punk? Uh, you know, it's just, it's at any time. You just have to be ready to go. Uh, I've been listening to Blue Letter lately. Fleetwood Mac. Okay. You know them? I am a big Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, okay, yes. yeah, I like that song. Uh, I have a vinyl of Rumors in my room, but I don't have a vinyl player, so I'm one of those annoying people. Yeah. <laughs> my friend said he wanted to sing that at karaoke. I also, uh, When in Rome, The Promise. 80s song. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, I'd probably go 80s. Something a little later. Very nice. Maybe some Weezer? Oh, Weezer? Nice. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. When I was in middle school, I was in a band. We played primarily Weezer covers. Good. I still, do, I still do that. I'm 24. Nice. <laughs> that's good. My yeah. band name was Bears by the Pool, and that's why my karaoke song is uh, Say It Ain't So. Say It Ain't So. Yeah, you still have the base <laughs> <laughs> um, I recently learned all the words to uh, escape the Pina Colada song because no, uh, it's a ridiculous song. And if you don't aren't familiar with the plot line of that song, it's essentially uh, two people that are in a relationship that are both trying to cheat on each other and end up uh, back together. Um, so I would say I'm going for that one for my go-to karaoke. Uh, and last but not least, Death Row Meal. You're going to the chair. Today's the last day and you get one more meal. What are you eating? You know, I'd probably do it out of spite. I wouldn't, I'd just be like, give me some lead. I want solid nice. yeah. lead. <laughs> so you won't let them do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to show them who's boss. <laughs> I'll get the last lap. <laughs> yeah, I don't have, I don't have a favorite 
meal per se. I get, I'm down with the Japanese food right now, though. I go through phases, if you haven't noticed. Um, yeah, I just went to altitude camp with uh, Hiroki. Show me some good Japanese cuisine. Hmm. So that's what I go with. All right. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't even talk about the fact that I hadn't been running for two years. You haven't been running for two years. <laughs> no, I know. It's too late now. There, yeah, but you're running your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nope. See, this is this is the beauty of this uh, artistic endeavor, I like to think. Yeah. I've, I've always said throughout all this that, like, if no one fucking listens to this, that's fine. Because yeah. I... I get a lot from talking to interesting people about things that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like we talked about earlier, like running in itself is like inherently boring. And <laughs> I, I disagree with that. Yeah, but I, he does, but I know I exactly. Just, what you mean. I just never want to become the podcast that's. And there, there are good interview podcasts out there. There are good interviewers out there, but I, in many ways, this podcast started as a reaction against the. So how's your season going? Yeah, so yeah. when's your next race? So mm-hmm. how do you start running? Like, right, yeah. Which is great. No, and I, yeah, the, I, I think yeah. that's that's huge. Like that's talking about like what makes the sport better. That makes the sport better. Like that shares your story. It like it takes a runner and lets them project like outside of this box they're placed in for being a runner. And mm-hmm. I think like that's amazing. That's we'll great. do the short version. What's wrong with you currently? Well, I was actually going to talk about uh, the interview process with you. Okay. Yeah. We'll cover that. Uh, uh, do you want to do you want to address the the injury first? Yeah, give us the the thirty second version. What's wrong with you? Okay, so I've had on and off bone injuries for the last eighteen months. Okay, since I ran thirteen twelve, getting a DEXA scan in Boston. Just say yes. It was in Boston. Fast track. Um, so now I'm just building miles. Trying to get back to it. Do you have a uh, return to racing planned, or are you just getting healthy and seeing what, what I think I need to just get my head screwed on straight mm-hmm. and my body so I'm taking my time you feeling yeah, good now good. feeling healthy yeah I'm going for runs every day hell, hell yeah. yeah you working out uh, no I'm not working out right now just going for a kind of like a summer base period in yeah. college but great this one for six months hell yeah well that's good to hear you know we'll, we'll pray for continued healthy healthy training happy training thank you can't have one without the other alright um, interviewing yeah, I was wondering if you ever find yourself listening to old... Do you ever go back and listen to your older ones? Sometimes, yeah. Right. Do you ever be like, uh, dude, I don't believe that anymore? I guess it hasn't been long enough for you to really think. I've only been going a couple months. I, you know, I'm full of, you know, should I said yesterday, should I said an hour ago, I don't believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, my blanket policy is that if I just self-identify as a hypocrite, then, like, you can't be held accountable for anything that you've mm. said in the past because you just you're owning up to it the John Stewart um, sure podcasting <laughs> um, I no, love John Stewart by the way a lot of my a lot of my self critiques in the past are more about form I, I find I, I'm still trying to find the balance between talking too much as a host and like having my personality be in the podcast um, so I often when I edit find myself cutting myself out mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean but to, I, a lot of the early s- episodes are just hard to listen to because i hadn't quite figured out the audio setup that was <laughs> ideal um which which we've mostly figured out now um but yeah i i definitely it's been interesting because like i 
don't uh, I don't talk too much about my personal experience in the podcast. You know, I like the topics to, to come as they will and aren't necessarily sort of like big picture things, but it's also I've also had probably the worst year of my running career at the same time as I've I've been doing this podcast, so definitely you can sort of see parts of that come out in in the course of it. Um, you your leading question made it sound like the that you find uh, listening to your own podcast uh, in the past can but yeah of course that's that's what I was insinuating but um, I'm just curious if if you kind of feel a similar situation because you're kind of doing an online diary aren't you yeah I guess I think you'll find because you haven't been doing it quite as long it's only been. What, it's been months? about yeah. I started basically in, at the beginning of 2018. So mm-hmm. um, I I just feel like it's been great for me just to like, uh, especially in Boston, but especially now that I've traveled a bit too. Uh, I just am surrounded by such interesting people and such interesting stories that it's nice to have those sort of like in a permanent form. Um, and if and if little bits of me get in there too, that's good too. I guess. <laughs> I mean. When I, when I started shooting uh, as close to full-time as I could, I, like, really didn't – I didn't understand, like, what art was. And I had a professor who, like, pulled me aside and was like, art isn't, like – it isn't a thing. Like, it's just the ability to, like, look at a situation and say, like, this is the way I view the world and I think it's valuable that I share that. And I think you can be that, like, mindset of, like – your point of view is valuable, is incredibly valuable and like is super applicable in especially this situation. Like I think you should have bits and pieces of yourself as an interviewer into your product because that's what people like. Like people are attracted to that thing that makes you you and makes your product unique. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they listen to Price of a Mile because that's because Woody's a weirdo. Yeah. Say <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, like if you were boring and just were like a robot and like provided no context, no story, no background. Nobody would listen. I mean, they might, but they probably wouldn't. <laughs> they probably would. I, I also think like, I think there, there's a shamelessness, at least in my experience. And, and maybe you feel the same way. I think you have a little bit of that, of uh, the self-serving nature of trapping your teammate in the room with yes. you pick their brains. I've made a conscious effort. You know, it's a, a bunch of the podcasts are people that I've known forever and are friends with and I, I know have interesting stories to tell, but I've also, you know, guys like you that we met for the first time today, I definitely... Didn't know who was who exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a shot-calling aspect to that where I'm like, that's an interesting dude. I want to talk to him for an hour. Oh, this yeah. is an excuse to do that, oh, yeah. um, which is nice, you know? It's self-serving. In the in the end, but maybe you know, as a nice happy side effect, other people get something out of it. I think people do. Yeah, but there definitely is that going to be that piece of you in anything you create, which is the, the, I think the, that's point. the point. Yeah, that's right. that's that's it. You know, like that's why creative people want to create. Like it by putting forward something that is a unique piece that like didn't exist before, I think that's absolutely thrilling. And like, I can't imagine a world where you don't get to do that. 
Yeah, well, this that's is awesome. <laughs> I need you guys to oh, yeah. every day. What the listeners can't see is literally we're all drinking each other off at this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's the motion that. I'm curious uh, what podcast you listen to. So part of why this podcast is the way it is is that I pretty much exclusively listen to comedy podcasts. I don't think that I am. I'm. A, very clearly not a trained improviser or performer of any kind, um, but as someone who works in politics and who consumes a lot of news as part of my job, I, I can't possibly bear to have that level of seriousness in my podcast listening. Right. So, like, I listen to, like, You Made It Weird is probably, like, one of the bigger creative influences of, of this podcast. Um Things like I, uh, How Did This Get Made, which is a movie podcast done by a bunch of comedians. Um, there's a great podcast called Star Wars Minute. Oh, I'm I big, know. I, what? I'm a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, they watch every minute of the Star Wars movies and do a 20 to 45 minute episode on that one minute. Wow. And so they have, it's insane. They have like, People dedicated um, their lives to this? Yeah, I, I the guys who host it, I think, do it as a pretty much full time. I don't job. understand it, but I support it. But yeah, a p- comedy podcast mostly is the is the short answer to that. Did you ever listen to Oh uh, Yeah, dude? I have not. What is that? It's a comedy podcast, one of the first. Oh. Really good. Just comedy, guys. comedy bang bang is more like like that's obviously more of a uh, dedicated improv form than like just like an you know shooting the shit podcast. Yeah, but yeah. that's also like a. That uh, an early adopter and, and one of the first podcasts that I listened to. Um, all right, well, my bladder is about to explode. Yeah, we should go. So uh, let's wrap it up. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having us, dude. It was a blast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for the uh, blueberry wine as well. Sure. Um, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the when I record the intro. But uh, Woody's podcast is called Price of a Mile. It's on the Sidious Mag. Kittyus Mag Network, depending on who you ask. Um, it's great. It's a big part of why I wanted to have Woody on the podcast in the first place. Um, you can check out Ben's photography online. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done plugs before. I don't know why I'm doing this. No, no, I appreciate yeah. it. You can say that uh, Courtney's next, Courtney Ferris. Oh, great. Yeah, that'll be good. Absolutely. Find out how to drop 20 seconds off your steeple time in one right. race. Uh, and until next time, uh, this is Ben Run Your Mouth. Thank you.